Victory is ours. If you want it. Part two. Hallelujah. Text is found in the book of Joshua, the eighth chapter. And it encompasses, now we will not read all of the verses, but it, it encompasses verses 1 through verse 35. Amen. So our text from the book of Joshua, chapter 8, it speaks about the teeny city of Ai. All right. And in the previous chapter, which was chapter 7, Israel had ex experienced her only defeat there. And as we well know, AI means ruins. So the, what does a heap of ruins have to do with victory? All right. So we're going to find out here. Verse 1 of Joshua chapter 8. Fear not, I have given unto thy hand the king of AI and his people and his city and his land. And thou shalt do to AI and her king as thou didst unto Jericho and her king. So the backstory here is that God called Joshua and the Israelites back to the place of their greatest defeat. But why would God do that? Well, because Israel had not learned one important lesson. And that is, when you do things your way, you're headed for trouble. But when you fight the battle God's way, when you do it God's way, people of God, you cannot fail. All right, right. So I wanted to talk to you this morning about victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Joshua, all of the books of Joshua, uh, the book of Joshua is history. And when you open the book of Joshua, you can, you, we begin with an adventure. And in these early chapters of Joshua, we see Joshua and the people of God as they cross the swollen river on dry ground. And then we see them as they march around the walls of Jericho and give the shout of victory and the walls fall down flat. Right. And then we see them as they go out against the giants in these walled cities and they were ensconced upon the mountaintops and in the teeny city of Ai and how God gives them Victory after victory. Yes. Hallelujah. We need to understand that God gives us victory after victory if we will receive it. Amen. The book of Joshua is history. And when you open the book of Joshua, you begin again that adventure. And we see all of these events that are written about here as they unfold. These are not fables, they're not uh, fairy tales or, or, or legends or any of those things. Everything that we read about in the book of Joshua, it literally happened. And what it is, is God's story about his people as they go into Canaan land. But beyond all of that, there is an object lesson for all 21st century born-again believers in Christ Jesus. For the Bible tells us that in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, that all these things happened unto them for examples. So what does that mean? That means that we're supposed to learn because the land of Canaan stands for victory for the people of God even today. 
Now, this is what we need to learn here. That victory is God's gift to every born-again child of God. Amen, somebody. Well, you know, sometimes when I say that, sometimes people just give me a goofy smile and they say, well, I just think that's a lot of wishful rhetoric. They don't really believe it. But if you're not living in victory, you really are living beneath your privileges. We are supposed to be living day to day in constant victory, people of God. Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now, either that statement is true or it's not true. But I know it to be true. Can I get another witness? Hallelujah. All right. Now, what we need to do is to bring our attitudes up with our theology, beliefs, and our faith. A little adjustment in attitude, a little attitude adjustment every now and then is a good thing. One of the ways that we can adjust our attitude is spending time with God. Not so much, you know, our, our demeanor and, and our mindsets, those things too, but just the way we see things, just the way we do things. We ought to be, all be striving to go higher in the Lord. Nautical term, ad, uh, attitude means adjusting your position or your direction or your location. So a little bit of a, an adjustment in direction, position, a location from time to time. How many times? You say, well, I don't do that. How many times since you've been sitting in that seat have you shifted your weight just a little bit from side to side? So without knowing it, you have already made some attitude adjustments. Mm. All we have to do is just bring our attitude up to God. You see, now watch this. This is important. You see, the, the Bible does admit the possibility of defeat in the life of a Christian. Mm. You, did, did, you, did you get that? <laughs> Let me say it again for you. The Bible does admit the possibility of defeat in the life of a Christian. But the Bible never admits the necessity of defeat. That's the difference. We are supposed to be living in total victory. Amen. So therefore, defeat should not be an option for us. Amen. There should not ever be a possibility of defeat for us as people of God. Now I'm going to tell you why. Because expectation turns hope into reality and faith turns reality into fulfillment. Yes. You see, the problem in, in many houses of worship in many churches is that there are many people who don't really expect victory and they're just sick and tired of all the sermons they've been hearing about. Expect your victory. They want to be able to experience their victories. Now, what I'm talking to you today about is reality here and now, not someday, not off in the distant future, but right now, victory people of God. I'm talking about victory and reality here, right now. I'm talking to you today about freedom. I'm talking to you about fullness. I'm talking to you about fulfillment in Christ Jesus. That's what Canaan stands for. So I want you to come with me into the book of Joshua. 
And I want to give you some principles here and some ideas about how you can claim your Canaan and how you can walk in victory and how you can come out of the wilderness and be a Canaan conqueror rather than a wilderness wanderer. Ooh, are you ready? Now, this is what we need to learn. I want you to learn this here. I want you to learn this here. That victory is God's gift to every child of God. Mm. Yeah. So here's my thought. Thought number one, verses one and verses two. Victory comes through believing God's instructions. His instructions are his word to us. And here's another part of that thought. God always has a plan of conquest for every born-again believer in Christ Jesus. He said in verse 1, he says, do not fear or be dismayed, meaning don't be discouraged, don't be beaten down, or don't be terrified, because God will, beyond the shadow of a doubt, people of God, God will take care of you. Uh, what's the words of the song go? In every way, through all the day, God will take care of you. Hallelujah. Thought number two, verses 3 through 29. So by obeying the word of the Lord, even though they made mistakes in their past lives, God gave the Israelites and Joshua victory over the enemy. So, all of that being said, then I think that it's time that we stop measuring ourselves by other people and start measuring ourselves by God's plan and God's purpose which is always in motion, it's always evolving, it is always continuous in our lives. God's plan for you, God's plan for me, is victory. God's plan is not just for you to stay in the wilderness or be defeated like the Israelites were at Ai the first time around. Well, God had given them the land of Canaan. He had already given them Canaan land, but they weren't living in Canaan. Why is that? Because they failed to possess their possessions. You think say, you say, well, wait a minute. Now, that, that really doesn't make sense. You might say, well, how do you possess your possessions? Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to do something about it. I want to ask all of you. Perhaps in your home, perhaps you have a library of books in your library at home that you haven't read yet. Buddy, some of those? Prayerfully, one of those books you haven't read is the Word of God, is the Bible. So, all right. All those books have read, have read, or are reading. Yes, 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 yes. So all those books you have in your library, perhaps, or I know we've been exchanging books with people, and, you know, they say, well, do you have this book? Yeah, do you have that book? Yeah. Well, let's do this. Let's have a book exchange or something like that. But for the most part, you know, all of the books in your library probably belong to you. They're your books, right? Folks, people of God, we can't get to heaven second class. But if you want to, victory can be yours. But the thing you need to do is possess your possessions. The book of Joshua is comparable uh, to the New Testament book of Ephesians. 
because the book of Ephesians and the book of Joshua both have a lot to do with our inheritance in the Lord. For the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 that God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now notice the wording here. He didn't say not blessed, but he says, but has blessed. So God has given all of us spiritual blessings, people of God. And we know that because this scripture is not new to any of us. Amen. Amen. So now I want to ask all of you a question. How many of you have all of the love that you need? How many of you have all of the patience that you need? How many of you have all the courage that you need? How many of you have all of the wisdom that you need? Now, but, but, now, now, now wait just a minute. How many of you have all of the faith that you need? Mm. How many of you have all the need that you need? Obviously, you know, some folk, I'm all full of the word. I don't need any more word in me. That's why, consequently, hello, somebody. Missing in action. God has blessed us with all, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Is that what the word of God says? Can you see it right there? And it says, read it with me. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Well, why don't we have all the spiritual blessings that if God hath already blessed us with them? Why is that so? Because we haven't possessed our possessions, people of God. We need to begin to put the foot of faith on the promises of God and say, this, hello somebody, is mine. You can't take it. As long as I got, you know what, you know I can make it. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Come on now. It's, it's Valentine's Day, y'all. Hallelujah. Wisdom, love, and faith. Are these things spiritual blessings? Are they? Yes. Has God given them? Yes, he has. Well, you may say, well, do I have them? Well, maybe not. But has God given them? Yes, God's given them. Peter says that God hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. That's 1 Peter 1 and 3. So God's got it covered. He's got it covered for you spiritually. He's got it covered for you naturally. He's got it all covered. That means victory is already yours. You don't have to fight for the victory, people of God. How many of you like the sweatless victory? That victory was won at Calvary. Jesus won the victory. But the Bible says, now is the prince of this world cast out. Our victory is victory in Jesus. Mm. But there's a continuing purpose that God has for all of us. I don't care what anybody else has ever done. God wants you in your Canaan land. 
There is a certain possession that God has for you, for all of us, for me, for all of us, and it's called V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, victory. God says, I have already given it to you. He says, it's yours now. So if it's yours now, then it's time for you to possess your possessions. All right. Everybody agrees with that? So then now, how is the victory won? Not by trying, but by trusting. By believing God. God said to Joshua, he says, it's yours. Now go take what I've already given you. You see, God is the one who has given the, the victory. Now watch this. This is important. Victory is not your responsibility. Victory is not my responsibility. Re victory is your response to God's ability. That's what victory is. Hallelujah. God, say that again to you. Victory is not your responsibility. Victory is your response to God's ability. First John chapter 4 verse 4 says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Well, if that be the case, do you think that Satan has the power to thwart or derail the purposes of God? No. Do you think the devil has the power to keep you from being what God wants you to be? Well, if we all believed that, we'd be, of all men, most miserable. But Satan can't believe that. If he could, he would. But he can't keep us from the victory. Why? Because there is an ongoing, continuing purpose that we live in victory. God has already given us the victory. Do you believe it today? Can I get a witness? In Romans chapter 8. Paul lists all of the things that, that might be against us. But then he goes on to say, he goes on to say in verse 37, he says, all of these enemies that might come against us. But then he says, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Oh, you got to receive the love. It's Valentine's Day today. If you don't get it today, you're never going to get it. Receive the love. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Not just conquerors, people of God. Not, we just don't squeeze through the game with a field goal in the last two seconds of the game. When the game is over. The scoreboard ought to be Christians 100 and the devil zero. It's not even a contest, people of God. The Bible tells us that Satan has been vanquished already. That's right. Listen, we are more than conquerors. The word doesn't mean super conquerors. The word means supra, S-U-P-R-A. Supra conquerors. The word conqueror doesn't even describe the way that we're supposed to live. Does that characterize your life? You say, well, not so. Well, could it be? Could it be because you have not claimed your Canaan? If you have not claimed 
your possessions. You have not understood that God has already given you the victory in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You see, our victory is in Christ because we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Hallelujah. Have you ever watched a professional wrestling match? Thinking that he's not in it good. Okay. The wrestlers participate in the match and they go through the battle for entertainment purposes only. So the purpose of the battle is, is not to decide who will win, but just to give the crowd a show. Now, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag right now and tell you that pro wrestling is staged. Anybody need to come to the altar? There are a whole lot of folk need deliverance in here. Yeah, it's staged. Even before the wrestlers get in the ring, it has already been prearranged as to who's going to win. The winner of the match, he does not battle for victory, but he battles from victory. That's the difference. The winner knows that he's won the battle. So if Jesus is your, your Lord and your Savior, you, people of God, have already won. God cannot lie. God swears by himself because he can swear by no higher. He's saying, as I live, saith the Lord. Meaning, I got this for you. I'm going to do this for you. And God has made a promise. Hallelujah. Let me give you the definition. A promise from the Bible is a declaration of God's intention to graciously bestow a gift upon his child. God's promises are the dynamic heritage of the people of God. They are our heritage from our God. That's <laughs> so he can't lie. God has made a promise, and it's an immutable promise. It's an unbreakable promise. God has promised victory to every child of God. You see, it is God's constant promise to you, not a one-time cop. Well, if you be good and you do your homework, and after dinner, maybe I'll think about us going out to have some ice cream, or maybe we'll go to the mall, get you a little something, something. Maybe. But when God makes a promise, there are no maybes to it. God's constant promise is always available to you. Have you, have you ever thought that uh, the promises of God were perhaps for somebody, but not for you? Nobody said this morning, at one time, they thought God didn't love them. According to one person's account, there are thousands of promises in the Bible. In fact, the word promise itself occurs 13 times in the King James Version of the Bible. You gave me that nugget. Remember, we were talking about that all this week. Hallelujah. So have you ever opened your Bible and read those promises of God and said, my, 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 mm, mm, mm. Boy, those are some wonderful promises. But look what God said to Peter. And look what God said to Paul. Look what God said to Moses. Look what God said to Joshua. But in Psalm 119, the Bible says, Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Amen. Psalm 119, verse 90. It was not just for them. 
but it's also to us too. Can I get an amen on that? Have you ever been window shopping? Window shopping is what you do when you walk by a store and just look in the window and you see what other people could have and you dream that what you see in the window will one day, someday, maybe yours, possibly, if everything works out all right for you, if it's in God's plan, God's will, if it's part of God's purpose for your life. But people just don't go window shopping at the mall or the new car dealer showroom or the new sample model homes. They go shopping, window shopping in the Bible too, people of God. And I mean they go window shopping in the Bible a lot, more than you could ever dream. The Bible is for all saints of God and it's for all seasons for all of the saints of God. Don't just think that's what God has said. It's what God is saying now to us. Remember, it's always fluid. It's always constant. Not half, but what he is saying right now. I heard something to that, I think, from Elder a little earlier this morning when she was ministering to us. It's what God is saying. And don't you let 2,016 years keep you from your blessing. It's just as true today as it was yesterday, and it will be just as true tomorrow, people of God. And not only that, and not only is it for the saints of God of all seasons, but it's for all situations in our lives. God has already done it all, people of God. But receiving what he's already done for you depends on you. God wants you to believe him. God wants you to obey him. You can't do it without him. And watch this. And he won't do it without you. You have to be a willing participant in God's plan and God's purpose for your life. Now, if you want to be a spiritual wallflower and sit on the sidelines and let everybody else get in the game, you're going to end up with a whole lot of splinters and you won't have anything but a big, big medical bill to show for it. So you have got to get in the game, people of God. You have to cooperate with the Lord in courage and strength and obedience. Victory is yours. Glory be to God if you want it. Do you think that victory is for brave people? Hmm? Think about that. What do you think about that? Oh, victory's for brave people. I mean, that's what most people would think. No, it's for weak people. Do you think that victory is for brave people? No. It's for fearful people. And it's not for strong people. It's for weak people. It's not for faithful people. It's for unfaithful people. Pastor, you mean God will give me the victory if I'm, if I'm fearful and I'm weak and I'm unfaithful and I'm always crying? Oh, no. But those are the kind of people that God gives the victory to. Look at here in Joshua chapter 8, verse 1. So he said, fear not, neither be thou dismayed. And if we were to go back, Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, he says, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, confused, beat down, discouraged, scared, or terrified. That's strong's. Number H2865. 
If Joshua then was already strong, do you think that God would have told him to be strong? If he was already courageous, people of God, do you think that God would have told him to be courageous? If he was already obedient, do you think that God would have told him to be obedient? No. Listen. The fact is that he wasn't. But he could be. Because behind every promise of God is the power of God. And when God tells you and me to be strong and fear not, then God supplies that strength to us and for us. But you've got to be able to choose. I've got to be able to choose. Do you know what courage is? Don't anybody reach for your smartphones and, and try to figure out what it is and go to, the, uh, you know, go to the web and find out what courage is? Courage is fear that has said its prayers. That's what courage is. Courage is fear that has said its prayers. People who choose poorly always become victims. But people of God who choose wisely always come out victors. So don't you tell me that it can't be done. Don't tell me you tried and it just didn't work out for you. Listen, this morning, I'm not preaching to you about fairy tales, people of God. I'm preaching to you about being strong in the Lord and laying hold of and receiving your victories that God has already provided for you. Behind every promise of God is the omnipotent power of God to carry out that promise that he's already given to you. This is our guidebook for success and victory. Don't you want to be victorious? Don't you want to live the way the Bible says that a child of God ought to live? Do you know what success is? Success is obeying God. Do you know what victory is? Victory is obeying God. Do you know what makes God real to you? Obey God, Bible study, even meditation. All of those things don't give you the knowledge of God. Bible study gives you knowledge about God. Obedience gives you knowledge of God. So if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. John chapter 13 and verse 17. So if you know those things, you're going to be happy all the rest of the days of your life. Jesus said, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him. And will, we heard this a little earlier, and manifest myself to him. St. John chapter 14, verse 21. So when you begin to obey, Jesus becomes real. And when you begin to obey the scriptures, the Bible becomes a flame in your hand. And you're now walking on conquered ground. Glory be to God. Listen, put the word of God in your mouth, people of God. Put the word of God in your mind, people of God. Put the word of God in your manner of life and just begin to obey God. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Just do what God tells you to do, people of God. Well, you say, I don't have the strength to do that, pastor. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 in the Amplified Bible says, For he, God himself, has said, 
I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down or relax my hold on you. Watch this, assuredly not. Isn't that great? That's a good word, isn't it? Boy, that's a wonderful promise. If there's ever a promise, you need to stick a pen in. If there's ever a promise that you can, hallelujah, hang your victory on, that is the promise. It's great. I mean, God says, he says right here, we're reading it, I'm not going to leave you. I am not going to leave you. But behind every command of God is the promise of God. God is not going to command you to do anything you can't do. He's with you, and he fills you, and he equips you for everything that he calls you to do, everybody. Every demand upon your life is not a demand upon you. It's a demand upon the God who is in you. Now understand what I'm going to say next. If God tells you to do something, and God does not equip you to do it, he becomes a tyrant or cruel master who uses power to suppress his subjects. That definition is from the American Dictionary of the English Language, Noah Webster, 1828. Every demand upon you is a demand on the life of God that is within you. And so the same God who makes these demands upon us is the same God who supplies them to us. But he won't do it until we choose to have him do it. But he will not. He will not until we choose to have him do it. I know I said it again. That sounds like double talk. But it's not double talk. The word of God is not given to satisfy your curiosity and to scratch your intellectual itch. It's given to lead you to obedience that leads you to a knowledge of God that then leads you to victory. The real proof, people of God, that we believe the Bible is that we obey it. And when we obey it, God reveals himself to us in such a wonderful way. You see? You're not saying to God, God, I trust you so much that I'm going to obey you in everything you tell me. And God says, and I'm going to manifest myself to you when you trust him. He's got the strength and he has the victory that he wants to give you. But all you need to do is put your foot of faith on the promises of God and possess your possession. One time, somebody called us and said, well, we can't do this for you. We can't do that. This is way, way, way years ago. But as I got the phone call, she went and got her Bible, opened up the Bible, put it down on the floor, and stood on the word of God. She put her foot of faith on the promises of God and on the word of God and said, if you don't do it, somebody else has got to do it or they will perish. When you have that mindset, I don't care who does it, God can use whomever he wants to do it. But I do know this, God will do it. And he'll do it for me. Because God always makes everything come out right. Hallelujah. He's got the strength. 
to give you the victory. So as I close, the Holy Spirit is present here today. God has spoken to us. And it may be something I didn't even say in the message today. But God is telling each and every one of us to do something. In the closing verses here of Joshua chapter 8, verse 30 and 35, the Bible says that after Israel tri was triumphant through God and God alone, that Joshua now, he, he built an altar and he wrote the law on the stones. We, we, we studied this and we read about that. There were two mountains, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim, and then there was the valley that was in between. But Joshua built an altar and he wrote the law on the stones. Then he read all of the blessings and the cursings according to all that is written in the book of the law to the 12 tribes. And then all of those people, all of that innumerable number of people, they all rededicated themselves to God and they renewed their covenant with him. Jesus was hung on the cross of Calvary. He shed his blood there and he died for our sins. So all of that being said, is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart today? Would you just tell the Lord that you'll obey him, whatever it is he says to you right now? As I'm going to my seat. Don't be a wilderness wanderer, people of God. By faith. By faith, claim your inheritance in Christ and march forth in victory. Lord, I thank you because you have already given us the victory. And we claim it right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And after the word had been spoken and the people heard it, all of the people of God came together and they shouted out and they said, Amen, so be it. Because they had heard from God. If you have heard from God today, you just need to shout it out and say, so be it, amen, to what God has already said. Victory is yours. If you want it. Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events. 